Can God change your life in just 30 minutes? I believe you're watching right now because God has something special for you. I'm Jonathan Burness, and I'm a Jewish rabbi who follows Jesus. Join me for Jewish Voice, and you'll discover how Bible prophecy is coming to pass before our very eyes and why you need to stand with Israel. You can play a role in God's end-time plan. Find out how on Jewish Voice. I'm so excited about today's guest. He's a longtime friend that I have been trying to get here into the studio for, I don't know, four or five years now. He heads up a ministry called Final Frontier Ministries, and he's joining us all the way from Israel. Please welcome my dear friend, another Jewish believer in Jesus, Avner Boski. Avner, how long has it been since uh, Four or five years, yeah. It's a privilege to be here, Jonathan. Well, you're a busy man. Yeah, well, you are too. <laughs> well, thank you for coming from Israel. And uh, I, I want people to understand what a Jew is doing here believing in Jesus. There's a lot of us now. Yeah. There weren't, though, when you became a believer. Tell your story. Like, I think, yourself, when I came to faith, I thought I was the only Jew who believed in Jesus. Uh, I was raised in a home with parents who had been Orthodox. My father was a cantor. They became communists. So I was raised in a Yiddish-speaking communist wow. home, theater, music and stuff. Began searching for answers through pain at a young age and ended up uh, looking as all the hippies were looking for truth in the East, but not in Israel. Uh, began to uh, realize that there's a spiritual world with great power, not all of it's kosher. And through that, I met a man who shared with me, and he said to me, this Messiah is your Messiah, and through him you can have a personal relationship with God. And that was news to me. Now, were you, did you trek off to India or, or the East, or was this in the United it States? It was all in Canada. I was living oh. in Canada, yeah. So I was in Quebec, so I trekked around Quebec. So had you heard about Jesus growing up? Had you heard the gospel? What were you taught about Jesus? Believe it or not, I really didn't know the gospel. I was in a very Catholic province, but all I saw was a kind of a blonde Jesus who didn't look Jewish. Got beaten up when I was about 14 years old by about 30, 40 Christian, Catholics, Protestants. So to me, there wasn't anything I was looking for then. Okay, I've got to stop you. Beaten up. Beaten up. Why? Uh, well, it was a Saturday afternoon and they had nothing to do. Did they, what, any, did they tell you that you were responsible for killing Christ? Or was it because you were Jewish? They mentioned that I was Jewish, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was secular, you know. I was leftist secular, and I couldn't understand what was happening. What you, looking back, do you think it was the result of replacement theology, this idea that the Jews killed Jesus? And yeah, it's a, what I call a negative paradigm. You know, the Jews wear the black hats, they're the bad guys. Yeah. yeah, us and them, Yeah, which yeah. We, we saw the same thing. So Jesus yeah. was just not... When I was even looking in the occult and the Eastern religions, I stayed away from Jesus. It was so strong. My grandparents had gone through a persecution of pogroms in Ukraine and Poland because of their Jewishness. So to me, Christianity was bad news. It actually took someone whose life was different and he had a perfume in him that wasn't him that got me curious. And he told you 
that this Jesus was your Messiah. Yeah, first time I ever heard any Christian proud of Jesus' Jewishness. See, I never heard that. I found that in the scriptures for myself. Yeah. When, I, when people tried to share with me in high school and I told them there was, that I was Jewish, they apologized. Right. And they were, after they were supporting this, this erroneous view that Jesus wasn't for me. Right. Don't do that. If you love the Jewish people, the greatest gift that you can give them is the good news of their Messiah. Okay. And his name is Jesus, or we call him by his Hebrew name, Yeshua. So what happened next? Well, I ended up reading a book. It was called The Late Great Planet Earth, written by a guy named Hal Lindsey. It sold more than the Bible in its day. Wow. And he said the greatest event in the 20th century is the return of the Jewish people to their homeland. Never heard that before. Got to the point where I said, okay, if this is true, if all these prophecies are true, let me ask God. I remember being on a bus on an island called Jesus Island in Montreal. And I said, God, if you're there, and then all of a sudden I realized I'm your enemy. I've never paid attention to you. I've used your name as a curse word. If you really are who you say you are, come in and forgive my sins. And I had this huge power encounter on this bus where the Lord just came in like hot oil into me and filled me up and I realized I can die now. I can go to be with the Lord. This is what I'm created for. And that was part of a, that happened as a result of a, of a revival, yeah. didn't it? This yeah. was a revival. Early 70s, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of us now. There's yeah. a lot of Jews who believe in Jesus around. What do you think? Uh, well, I think we're just the down payment of what God's promised to do. He says, you know, all Israel will be saved, which is quite a significant amount. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. I want people to know that. that is in the Bible. Yeah. I'm going to put it on the screen right now so you can <laughs> see it. And I want you to look this up and study it. Romans chapter 11. Read Romans chapter 11. It says it right here. And Avner, it happens before the Messiah returns. That's right. That's right. All Israel shall be saved. And then yeah. the Redeemer will come forth to Zion. That's correct. And I'm waiting for that day, and I think there's a lot of people, even a lot of believers who are not Jewish around the world, who have this crying out to God and giving themselves no rest until he makes Jerusalem a praise. That's what we're here for. Yes, and I believe God's called you to be part of that, to, to be a prayer warrior for the Jewish people, for Israel, and give him no rest until it says he makes Jerusalem a praise in all the earth. Now, Avner, speaking of Jerusalem, you ended up moving with your entire family yeah. to Israel. That's we correct. call it making Aliyah. Aliyah. Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, uh, when I came to faith, I started having a totally different understanding of what's going on in Israel. And there was just a deep hunger. It was a divine hunger that gave me no peace. And I realized I have to go back. I have to go back. And I went and worked on a kibbutz. And then after I got married, I was involved in Hebrew youth studying Jewish history. I became a tour guide. Uh, I was involved in all kinds of ministry in the country. Uh, but really, what broke our hearts was the need, the spiritual need, and the, and the strategic significance of what God is doing in that country. Now, why should that matter to Christians that are watching today? Why should Israel matter to them? Obviously, it matters to you. You're a Jewish believer. This was your homeland. Right. What about them? There's a strategy that God talks about that goes from Genesis 12 all the way to Romans 11. And in Romans 11 it says two things are connected to the Jewish people embracing Yeshua. One is that there's going to be much greater riches for the entire world. And two, that there's going to be life from the dead for the entire world. 
So I'm banking on that. Yeah, me too. Again, Romans 11, study it, pray about it, become part of it. It's like a light switch that's going to turn on when you get a hold of this because it's tied to what God wants to do in your life and what he wants to do for the nations. Amen. You believe that? I believe. Oh, I know you do. Yeah. Yeah. Avner, I, I want to jump into a topic, and uh, it, this is really an important topic, and I heard you teach on this. And I contacted you after I heard you teach and said, you've got to come on the show and talk about this. And you turned it into a book yep. later, Jews, Arabs in the Middle East, a messianic perspective. What's a messianic perspective? Well, sometimes when you bring the parties together, especially in the Middle East, where you have to live through it, it's not just a romantic picture, but you have to get down to the biblical picture of what God is doing. And there's a huge strategy that he started with the choosing of Abraham in Genesis 12. And this is some of the spin-off, and it's going to be some of the dividing points, I think, for the whole world because of how God's going to make Jerusalem, it says, a stumbling stone for all the nations. And this is connected to it. So here, that's interesting because you, you have Jerusalem becoming a praise in all the earth. Mm -hmm. We're praying for that. Christians are to pray for Jerusalem being a praise in all the earth. And yet in Zechariah it says that Jerusalem is going to be a stone of stumbling. Yeah. How does that all work? That seems to be in conflict. It's kind of ironic, but whatever God has chosen to love, in this case the Jewish people, the enemy of our souls has chosen to hate. And he has no problem infiltrating whatever organizations he can, even the great religions, in order to foster that hatred and desire to destroy the Jewish people. So is this, this, is this a conflict between good and evil focused on Jerusalem, focused on Israel? I totally think so. That's not to say that the Jewish people understand it fully or that the body of Messiah understands it fully, but it's something very much in God's heart. When we come back, I want to talk about a book you've written. Actually, I heard you teach this. And I called you because I thought immediately, people have to hear this. And then you put it into a book where you help us understand the landscape of Jews, of Arabs, of the Middle East, of the conflict that's going on, and why we have to be aware of this. So you don't want to miss this. We'll be right back. Welcome back. My guest is a dear friend, Avner Bosky. He's another Jewish believer in Jesus. Listen, there's lots of us. We're growing, and it's because God declared in his word that all Israel would be saved, that the blindness would come off of the eyes of the Jewish people, and that's what's happening. It's a fulfillment of Bible prophecy happening before our very eyes. And Avner lives in Israel. He leads a ministry called Final Frontier Ministries. And Avner, we heard your story. I want to switch now to talk about a teaching that is one of the clearest teachings that I've ever heard about what's really going on in the Middle East. And you put it into a book, Jews, Arabs, and the Middle East, a messianic perspective. Now, Avner lives there. He knows what's going on. And he really has dug deep. We need just to simply understand. Let's, let's start with just the A, B, C. Who are the Arabs? 
who are the Jews, who are the Israelis, who are the Palestinians? Lay it out for us. Basically, using the Bible as our context, we see that God decided in Genesis 3.15 to choose a seed which would bring world redemption. We learn from Genesis 12 that that's going to be Abraham and his physical children. And so the whole choosing of the Jewish people in Genesis 12 is a real strategic choice of God. Now, along that process, you had someone like Sarah who said, I think I'm getting, I'm pushing, you know, like uh, 75, 80, I'm not going to have kids. And so she had an idea which ended up leading to taking uh, another woman having a kid, and that's how Ishmael was born. God never called Ishmael the covenant child. And sometimes in our century, when we look at Ishmael, we say, hey, can't we get this family working together? But then we start putting stuff in the scripture, we miss God's strategy, which is that he deliberately chose Isaac and then Jacob. And so you have these descendants, Ishmael, who ends up kind of mocking the Jewish people. And from there, he went out into the desert. And so that mocking is still something that goes on within the Arab world today. And uh, a lot of people think that Ishmael is really the center, but if you look carefully in the Bible, there's nearly no prophetic description of Ishmael in the whole Bible except a negative one in Psalm 83. Now, on the other hand, God blesses Ishmael, and he says, I'm going to make you a great nation. You're going to be a powerful nation. And I, because you're related to Abraham, but you're not the covenant nation. Now, is that the mistake that Islam makes, tracing their, uh, their heritage back to Abraham or their blessing back to Abraham through Ishmael? That's correct. They have really what would be called Arab replacement theology. That's really how Islam is built, that God, in their understanding, with a different name, uh, has chosen Ishmael, has chosen Saudi Arabia, what we call today Saudi Arabia, and has no friendly attitudes toward the Jewish people. This is in the source documents of Islam. And uh, they believe the land now belongs to Islam because it was conquered. The calling, the blessings, the gifts, it all belongs to the Islamic people. So it went from an Arab organization, Islam did, through conquest of the Middle East and even Southern Europe, to the point that everybody felt they're part of the Arab nation. We need to distinguish between those who were descended from Ishmael, which is a real small portion in the Arab world, and those who speak Arabic but are from different nations, which is about 90% of the Islamic world. A lot of people are confused on so that. So only 10% maybe actually trace back to They would Ishmael. be Semitic, and even less would be from Ishmael. Hmm. Now, what about the Jewish people? Give us just a some. I just want to be basic here. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So it comes through the patriarchs, like it says in Romans 11. And those who are descended from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are the Jewish people. It actually is a race. It's an ethnic grouping. It's a calling on a people, just like it's a physical land given to them. It's a physical people. Now, most, aren't, most Jewish people aren't believers in Jesus. Israel as a whole is secular. What about those that would say, no right to the land, you're separated from God, you're not following God, therefore you have no right to the land? I think it's a, at the basic point, it's a misunderstanding of grace. Uh, 
because every Christian would say grace is unmerited favor and they depend on it. But when you talk about the Jewish people getting unmerited favor, all of a sudden there are objections. And I think it's because grace really causes an offense to some people's hearts. Yes, I think so too. All right, the Palestinians. Just who are the Palestinians? It's and a, are, they, are they Arabs? Are they... This is a long who? question. The Palestinian, the word comes from the Philistines who were Greeks. They were not Arabs. The word later got translated after the jihadi invasions to that area. And Palestinians can have different groupings. Some come from Lebanon. I know many Palestinians who come originally from Lebanon, others from Syria. There are those who say they're descendants of the original Canaanites. If so, they're not from Abraham because the Canaanites were from Ham, not from Abraham. Um, if you want to see a biblical connection, and I talk about this in the book, the descriptions in Ezekiel 35 and 36 and in Obadiah 1 talk about Edom as wanting to possess what we call the West Bank today with a, with a heavy anti-Jewish heart. I think that's what we're took, looking at today. Not so much Ishmael, but Esau. Okay, so uh, this gets complicated, but the book makes it really clear. Uh, the Palestinian claim to the land, and I know that Christians are really, really struggle with this. It's, a, it's really confusing. Mm -hmm. uh, we see the plight of the Palestinians. They've become the underdog. There's a lot of propaganda. The boycott divestment sanction movement has gained right. a lot of ground, and there are Christian denominations, Avner, in America yeah. and in Europe that are, have become anti-Israel right. over this issue. Right. Why should, what, what should the response be of Christians? Well, I think if we believe the Bible, and if we believe that it's the Word of God, it's full of prophetic stuff. It was 95% written by Jews and perhaps 95% written about Jews. So when it, caught, when it focuses on Israel, it says, I exile the Jews, I'm bringing them back to their land. And there are going to be those, specifically in Ezekiel 36, who are against that, and God says, I call them my enemies. So this is a hard word, but I think if the same God who exiled the Jews is now restoring them, we have to start digging into the scriptures which talk about it and see. Now the beautiful thing about it is God exposes, He offends our minds, but to, to reveal our hearts. And so I think this whole Middle East thing is really testing our hearts. Does God only love the Jews? Does he not love also the Muslims in the Arabic-speaking world? It's so important to keep a balance there. If people are enemies, what did Yeshua say about our enemies? Love our enemies. So there's a real challenge yeah. here. Well, I, I, and I, I want to affirm what you're saying and just state it to all of you. This is not about God loving or, or preferring one group over the other. He loves everyone equally. This is about his sovereignty saying, this land I will give as an eternal possession to Abraham through Isaac and Jacob. Mm -hmm. You want to comment on that? Uh, it's totally right. And it offends so many people today because so many people are not thinking about the scriptures. But if we take it seriously, we have some study to do and we have some praying to do and then we have some activism to do. Okay, talking about the scriptures, I want to dive into the deep end. And I want to talk about Bible prophecy. 
because it is so complicated, Avner. Uh, there's so many different scenarios, Gog and Magog and Tubal and, and Armageddon. And, and I feel like some uh, Israelis and leaders in the Jewish community see this Christian prophecy uh, as a means to an end. Right. That it's just a, a means to the destruction of the world, and Israel's a gateway to right. that. I call it a chess game, that they see the Jewish people as a pawn, maybe an important pawn. No one likes to be just a pawn. I think at the same time, there are a lot of scriptures about the Jewish people, but where is the heart of God in this? And so if we get stuck only in a negative paradigm about the Jewish people and see their role as basically to be killed, I think it's missing also some of the incredible scriptures about how God is going to raise up an army, it says in Ezekiel 37. He brings the dry bones back to Israel to turn them into a mighty army. What's that army going to do? What do you see in scripture? I don't think any peace plan is going to work because I don't think within the Arab or Arabic-speaking world, Islamic world, that they can come to terms with Israel existing as a reborn and returned state. I think that's the issue. God talks about how all the nations in that area are going to come against Israel. So really, as far as the scriptures are concerned, we're looking at peace after there's problems. And again, we know the passages, Ezekiel 35 through 39, Zechariah 12 through 14, talks about real testing of the world, and the world's mostly going to fail. But it says, we're going to shine. And in Isaiah 60, it says specifically, God's going to shine on Israel, and the nations who are in deep darkness are going to come. And some, maybe not a lot yeah. of people have I love about. how you go into it in the book, by the way, because you, you, you take, what, and what I love about you, Avner, is you take really complex ideas and you make them simple, instead of simple ideas complicated. Uh, well, anyone can make simple that. ideas complicated. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I want on a deeper level people that are watching to understand why they fit into this or how they fit into this rally. There's a big difference between drinking the Jewish people's spiritual inheritance for our own enjoyment and edification and caring for the Jewish people the way God does. When God describes his passion and his agony over the Jewish people, that should be our passion and our agony. So in Isaiah 62, again, from verse 1 to verse 7, he says we've got to really give ourselves no rest on this as much as we can until God's heart for the Jewish people comes to pass. So I would say three things. One, intercession for the Jewish people. Two, reaching them with priority, like it says in Romans 1.16. And three, getting ready to save Jewish lives and rescue the Jewish people as things get darker, because they are going to get, get darker. bad? For sure. Okay, well, that, those, those three things I, I, I just want to pause on and ask you this. Are you willing to pray daily for the Jewish people. God's looking for people that are willing to stand in the gap. Are you willing to stand in the gap? Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's an exhortation. And then we're told they shall prosper that love thee. So pray. Are you willing to lay down your lives for Jewish people as anti-Semitism grows? The righteous Gentiles during the Holocaust that sacrificed their lives in some cases, to harbor Jewish people. They're great in the kingdom of God. Are you prepared to do that? When you say, I love the Jewish people, 
Are you willing to lay down your life for them? I want you to think about that. We'll be right back. My guest today is an expert on the Middle East. He's a Jewish believer who comes to us all the way from Israel. Avner, we just have a couple of minutes left. Most of the people watching this program live in the United States or Canada or Europe. That's pretty far removed from Israel, right. which is really the epicenter. Right. What about living here so far removed? And uh, what's ahead for us? How do, it's hard to relate to the pressure cooker that right. you live in. Right. Talk about the last days and being Christians here in America, in North America. I would say two interesting things. One, the Middle East has moved to America. God has moved Jewish people here and it's become a haven for the Jewish people. Six million, does that number sound like something in history? Mm. Six million people came here and have prospered in this country and have been blessed and have blessed this country. That's an invitation for this country. There's more freedom to share the light of Messiah with the Jewish people here than any place in the world. And I think that's one thing people need to really be praying about. The second thing is any good student of Jewish history knows that each oasis eventually becomes a trap. Whether it was Germany, whether it was Persia, History is full of examples. And so what would happen if America becomes a trap? Now we see the rise of anti-Semitism, the anti-Israel sentiment, especially on college campuses. We see that Israel is being attacked in all kinds of areas and people's hearts are growing cold in America. So again, that's an invitation once again, not to be passive and change the channel with the remote, but to say, okay, God, you said all the nations are going to turn against Israel. What can I do to be an advocate for the Jewish people spiritually, physically, and in any other way? The scriptures do say that all the nations are going to turn against Israel. So I assume that doesn't mean all the nations except America. And that's hard. We don't like that. It's kind of like the prophet saying Israel is going to go into exile. We didn't like to hear that says all the nations are going to come against us. We don't like to hear that. So what can we do to prepare? And again, can I stress the word invitation? I think it's an invitation not to get paralyzed by fear, not to just shut down, not to try to you know, invest in a bomb shelter, but to be out there representing the Lord even when it's hard. When it gets tough, that's when the tough get going. Amen. Prepare. That's the word that I heard Avner say. You need to prepare. You need to prepare yourself in prayer. You need to prepare yourself through study of the word. And I really encourage you to get the book, Jews, Arabs, and the Middle East. It's a messianic perspective, and it will help you to understand the times. If you want to be wise, like the men of Issachar, understand the time. And until next time, I'm Jonathan Bernis saying shalom and God bless you.